0: Great ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. I have a super special guest for you. So this is Dr. Greg Mojan. I think I said that correctly.
1: We'll just kind of roll
0: with it. Um, I hope you feel really honored. I actually don't have men on the podcast very often.
2: I'm the guy. I love it.
0: Yeah. So out of, we've had a lot of guests and I think that you are the fourth one. So we don't have a lot of men on here. So I'm very excited to chat with you. So he is a functional medicine doctor, but you used to be a chiropractor, correct?
2: Yeah. Originally degree as a chiropractor and then jumped into the world of functional medicine and haven't looked back.
0: So can you walk me through, like, how did this start?
2: Oh my gosh. I would love to. Okay. So back in the 1980s, uh, a member of our church uh, adopted a little boy from Colombia, and unbeknownst to them, he had autism. Okay. And I had my first experience with not just autism, but a savant. So this little boy, who's not a little boy anymore, his name is Noah. And if you'd go to Noah's house, Noah would look at you. And then he'd go to their grand piano and play the most majestic piece of music you've ever heard in your life. And then Norma, his mom would say, Greg, that's your piece. And I was like, no way. So in high school, I'm going to date myself a little bit. In 1988, I did my first research project on autism. By the way, at that time there were two pieces of research in the world on autism, and I was intrigued. And, and this was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well, fast forward, I knew that I wanted to be in medicine, and now I'm in my my first year of my medical studies. And then I, and then I get a phone call from my dad. My dad at the time was 50, and my dad called all of us boys this day and said, guys, uh, I have cancer. Would uh-huh. you be able to um, talk to your professors, see if you can make some alterations, and join our family at the Mayo Clinic? I need to have a pretty Pretty massive surgery. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And and I, you know, Leah, I believe that the Lord puts things in our path where I can put you on this square of carpet where I was standing at 7608 Newton Avenue South when I got that phone call from my dad, because I knew that that was that not at the time, but looking back, I knew that was a huge pivot for me. So we fast forward to the Mayo Clinic. And my dad is six foot 5 200 20-pound, tall skinny dude. And he ended up having um, bladder cancer. And I will oh. never, ever forget. My dad was on the gurney about to get wheeled into surgery. And all of us. I'm, I'm one of four boys. And we were all gathered around with mom. And my dad takes off his wedding ring and he hands it to me. And he says, Greg, if I don't come out, I want you to have this. And it's mm. like four years later and I still get choked up about it. And I was like, hell no. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how, how does this work? I mean, originally I thought I was going to to be a doctor to, and I wanted to help people. And I, and I got that, but I didn't really like, there wasn't a gut understanding of why are we doing this? Yeah. So not to leave people hanging the male clinic. I mean, Western medicine is amazing at emergency medicine. So they took out my dad's yeah. bladder, took up my, they took out his prostate. They took a, ch- a chunk of his small intestine, made a new bladder. And 24 years later, my dad is alive. Yes. But during that time time, I had to have some really like gut wrenching conversations of like, my dad was 50. So I was like, what the hell? Like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's my, what's my true why behind this? Mm -hmm. And and just, just a blessing. And then I got into my very first practice after, after my medical training. And I had a mom walk into our clinic. She was from this little Baptist church on the hill, great family. And she had three little boys, two of which were severely autistic. Mm. Full circle. circle. And she said to me, can you help us? And yeah. um, I had had um, some insight into functional medicine. I had some interest. Um, obviously, I had this huge passion with autism. And I was like, yes, yeah, we're going to do this. So I actually became a, a what's called the Dan doctor, which stands for defeat autism now, which I jumped into the biochemistry of the neurology and the pathophysiology and the GI of all this stuff. And that got us into Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and yes. and blood work and um, IV therapy and I will never ever ever forget the day when one of the little boys that we're treating for the very first time in his life looked his mommy in the eyes yeah. and there wasn't a dry eye in the room and then I went okay we're on to something now again my my traditional training is as a chiropractor when people think of a chiropractor they think of like cracking your neck and your back yep what my chiropractic education gave me was a philosophy and the philosophy it gave me is the body is intricately designed. There's 75 trillion cells. They're all intricately put together. I also have worked on my PhD in neurology. So I love neurology and how neurology works and, and the body responds appropriately to its environment. So I, I come, I came to the plate with this basis, not that, you know, a lot of medicines like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Your body like has it's gone rogue and it's doing its own thing. And that just never resonated with me. So I came to the plate with with that basis. And then um, so from, from treating kids with autism and, and doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy to uh, I actually worked for a professional wrestler for a period of time. You uh, just
0: have been all over.
2: It's been crazy. It's been crazy. So this gentleman uh, was an Olympic gold medalist. Um, his name's Jordan Burroughs. He's probably one of the most well-known freestyle wrestlers in the world. I would run labs on Jordan and his labs would give me an idea of like, how do we put together his nutrition? What supplements, if yes. any, should we take? But I would also, because uh, I know that you're a big hormone gal, I would also draw his labs in different states of training.
0: Yes. So, so cool. Like,
2: right, like who are you walking into Olympic trials versus who are you 90 days after that? And uh. that and then my mom, um, my mom's super dear to me. My mom was actually a home ec major in college, which is like I don't think there's even such thing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> she was on a big ranch in North Dakota. We had a huge garden growing up, so I learned how to cook from scratch as a young boy. So when I would travel with this wrestler, he was like, "Wait, wait, you can cook?" And I was like, "Oh yes, I can cook." He's so I actually would travel with him, and I would cook his meals to help him make weight. And then then I would prepare his meals for between the matches so that he could sustain his energy. So we did that for a period of time. Um, And then probably in the last, Oh, I'd say seven to 10 years, I've really become interested in tough cases. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very curious. I probably have been diagnosed with ADHD and I love it because it just gives me this very curious soul and autoimmunity and chronic infection is really where I live now. And I believe I believe the body doesn't need help healing. It just needs no interference.
1: Yeah.
2: It's just like, let's just yes. get things out of the way and it can do amazing things. And and I love the journey. Um, I think, you know, you and know, I talked, um, we've done a podcast before and I, we even talked about like how a lot of people in the medical community believe that their medical training was everything that they'll ever need forever yeah. in their career. And there is nothing further from the truth. Number one, functional medicine, especially is still a very young profession. And I am actually, I remember when I had to unlearn something for the first time, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like, wait, 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 wait. I learned it this way 20 years ago. And all of the research says, well, I'm sorry. That's no longer the fact. And I remember going, oh my goodness. And then I remember getting excited about it. I'm like, oh, that means we're on like the cutting edge of these things. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, So fast forward, I would say that the average person that finds us now has unresolved autoimmunity and i don't mean to sound morbid but i love autoimmunity i love understanding and my my philosophy is actually the opposite of most western medical practitioners and then uh, obviously when you do the right testing you figure out why that autoimmunity is there which takes you down a whole other crazy rabbit trail of of figuring things out so so full circle um We've been blessed to live kind of all over the world. We talked about living in Hawaii,
0: yeah, so cool.
2: Before, and so we've lived in Nebraska and Utah and Hawaii, and I live here now in in the like the Minneapolis area of Minnesota. Uh, I am married to a drop dead gorgeous woman that has uh, her and I have five babies together, aging from eighteen down to five, and life is busy and it's good. And I was listening to a book this morning. I'm, um, by the way, if most people have seen me on TikTok, you're going to see me out for a walk. Um, (laughs) I listened to a book this morning by a pastor and he talked about, he talked about just this vision, like, why do you truly do what you do? And I think it's important for us in the business world to have the opportunity to circle back and go, okay, why am I doing this? I mean, for some people, you have a job because you need to put groceries on the table, though there's got to be something beyond that. And I I sat um, in a previous clinic that we had had because we've grown a bunch and I wrote on the whiteboard, Leah, I wrote, we create epic family reunions. And, and what that means to me is, so I have five kids. I close my eyes and, and I think of what's it going to be like 50 years from now when I am like rolling on the ground with my great grandchildren.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, and like you, well, actually all of your patients are are females. I would say 90% of our patients are females. I want to give that woman the tools that she deserves so that she can be the mom, the grandma, the partner, the spouse, the daughter that she wants to be at mm-hmm. those events. So that's, so I think it's important for us to have that vision figured out. So yeah. um our clinic has, has ebbed and flowed a bunch. I, we have an amazing team now we have, I think we're 15 members uh, in our team. We have a, an amazing clinic here. And like I said, in the Minneapolis area and I I've never worked a day in my life. I tell my patients the day it feels like work, I quit. And yeah. uh, I have no intention of quitting at this point because it's just, it's so fun to, I love when women, and you've seen this too, when they have hope, Yeah. when they realize like, oh my gosh, like there is something or you actually listen to me. Like that is such a rare commodity so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's, that leads us to where we are here. Um Ugh. Okay.
0: full circle. I have to totally agree with you there. I think the biggest compliment um, I hear is actually, I will get this from husbands a lot. Like they will send an email or send a message and be like, I have my wife back. And I'm just like, that you know, if you've been sick for so long, you just feel like you're stumbling around. So I totally get that. And I have to like crack up that you started in autism because my youngest brother, his special needs. He has a chromosome disorder. It doesn't even have a name. It's so rare. Oh. And he was misdiagnosed for a while when he was really little first with cerebral palsy, then autism. We had a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, like in our basement. Yeah, <laughs> so right on. I totally get that. Um, but I I want to like walk into this autoimmune a little bit, because that's how I actually found you on uh tick that, That's how I found you, which You have to tell me why you got on TikTok because I I don't see a lot of like functional doctors on TikTok and like your take on it is very different because I I will tell you, I was scrolling and I see this guy talking and I was like, I'm going to scroll. And you said something about mold or um, healing your body. Like you need to, it's not what you think it is. So I was like, okay, you got me. I'm going to listen while you walk. And so you're walking and the whole time I'm like, wow this is really cool. But then also how are you holding conversation for this long on a TikTok video? Cause from like a marketing standpoint, people are always like, Oh, people aren't going to listen to long form, but you did such a great job of educating. So why TikTok?
2: That's so good. Well, let me go back a few years. I had a patient about 15 years ago and she's. Str- I've always. I have this very curious soul. I love. Love of learning is one of my strong suits. So I love diving into things. And I had a patient say to me, "Dr. Greg, who do you think you are, knowing what you know and not sharing it with everybody?"
1: Oh snap! And I was
2: like, "Oh, okay." Ugh. So, um, it was about a year ago. I um, <clears throat> I was actually at a the state the the big Minnesota State Fair with uh with my family and one of my our team members is like Dr. Greg. What do you think about putting something out on TikTok? And I was like, dude, I am not a 13 year old that's going to do a dance. And he's like, no, I, 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 we see some trends. So, <clears throat> so we simply just, and we've, from, from day one, we've taken this concept of we are here to be a blessing. We are here to educate. We are not here to ask for anything. We are here much like why this podcast exists, we are here to just educate people, to help them make good decisions. So we, we made one video and all of a sudden my, one of my team members is like flooding me with these questions because just so spoiler alert, I don't manage TikTok. I have an amazing team that helps me with that. Um, I help out, I help answer the questions, but I honestly don't even have it on my phone. So we start getting these questions and I was like, he's like, I think we're onto something. And I, it has just been a blessing. So I, again, if you guys have seen me on TikTok, I usually am going out for a walk yeah. and I, I, I just kind of searched my soul. Like what would, what do I think people want to hear about? What can I talk about? What are some nuggets that I can give without there being any need for like, okay, I, I need a patient or I need you to buy a bottle of vitamins, which that doesn't work. So it has been just neat to, um, to number one, like be in tune with like, what are people hearing? Cause I, I still am the main clinician in this practice. So every single patient goes through me. So I'm having these conversations. I'm yeah. having these deep dives. I'm having these, I'm hearing these stories. And, and by the way, I tell almost every woman before we start talking, like, thank you. Because I know what it takes to say, I need help.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like Even people listening to this right now, they're like, oh, this is good stuff. And I should do that. And then all of a sudden, all of these voices start saying things to them, right? Yeah. Like, you've tried this before. How much is it going to cost? Um, you're not worth it. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: You know, whatever, fill in the blank. And I just, I just, I get what it takes to have a conversation like that. So, so yeah, kind of on a whim, I was, I was dared to, to create a video. And since then, we haven't looked back and it worked out. And I love, I love the platform to share and to be real. And and to not expect anything in return, and we've had just some absolutely amazing conversations with people literally around the world. Um, you, you and I have probably a lot of crossover in, in our in our groups, and just these people want to be empowered. And I will also lovingly say this: with what's happening in the world, there is people that are like, "All right, I'm out. I yeah. need to, I need to take control. I um, I'm not sure I believe all of the things that I'm hearing about what I should or shouldn't do." Mm -hmm. And I actually remember seeing a a, a billboard about five years ago, and it was actually a local hospital. And the billboard said, regaining your trust. And the first thing that my brain says is because that's you because you knew that you lost it, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: lost trust. So, I love that people are searching. I'll also say that what we do is not for everybody. Like, I'm not here to say, if you're doing that, that's no good. Goodness gracious, no. And I even love being on com- uh, calls like this with other clinicians because there is more than enough to go around and, mm-hmm. and if we can encourage each other and help each other out. I am. I, I love the, the concept of how the tide raises all ships. And I love being yeah. a part of the tide, but also mm-hmm. being one of the ships in the, in the bay that gets raised yeah. by that.
0: I got asked a question the other day on Instagram and I think it's very pertinent here. And they asked, how come there are so many different practitioners that are in, you know, functional world and doctors in the functional world. And they all say different things. And I'm like, well, you know, like we talked about, not all are created equal, but there are multiple ways to skin a cat, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on how you are going about things. So I know that you have a very different take when it comes to working with your patients. So can you talk to me about how you kind of developed that?
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So 20 years ago, uh, if someone was one of our patients, uh, we would, and we still run labs or I love running labs. So I'd run labs and we'd, we'd put together a game plan. And then I'd be like, okay, Leah, here you go. Knock your socks off. If you need me, I'm here.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then they would get a hold of us, and I was like, "Uh oh! All we're doing is putting out fires. Yeah, we're not helping people get better." So then, so then we got smart. At least we thought we were smart. And then we said, "Okay, you can have a, a once-a-month visit." So we would yeah. do once-a-month, once-a-month visits. And then I uh, would get on that call uh, with someone like yourself, Lee, and you'd say, "Okay, hey doc, okay, three weeks ago, this, this, and this happened to me," and I was like, "Oh crap." We should have been on a call three weeks ago. Yes. So, so about five years ago, I did a I did a, a focus group with some of my patients. And I in a very raw setting said, How can we be better for you? And one of these ladies was like, We need better access to you. And then one of yeah. the other ladies said, What would it look like if we had unlimited access to your team? And of course. The business panic. like <laughs> how in the world are you gonna do that like how would you do that that that's impossible because for the for your listeners the average doctor in the United States has between 750 and a thousand patients yeah so if you gave a thousand people unlimited access to you like I hope that you're that you have zero life outside of, of your practice yeah but I took heed um, I've learned number one as a clinician and as a physician I work for the patient. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have education. Yes. I have experience. Yes. I have background, but at the end of the day, I work for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was at that time that we figured it out. So, um, so if someone is, is a patient of ours now, they get unlimited access to our team. So, and our team is quite sizable. Um, and, and also the average clinician in our practice has only between 50 and 60 patients. Okay. Okay. So that means that they actually have the bandwidth to know who is that person, what are they going through, what their labs show, what what are we trying to use in our protocol? So, and I love technology. We've actually done, I've done telemedicine long before COVID made it cool. So it could be a Zoom call, a phone call, even we use a piece of software where you can text your clinician on the yeah. fly. And because of the type of work that we do, we do, again, we do chronic infection and chronic toxicity, and we are essentially going in and doing these mass eviction notices with these with these you know pathogens it, I tell patients it's not if you're going to be have a curveball, it's when and how often and the people just love the fact that they know that they're supported that if they have a question that it'll be answered and and still to this day when I go to medical conferences and and my colleagues ask me about our approach, I literally get made fun of still about how we take care of people because um, and we talked about this in in, in the in your podcast or the, the podcast that I did with you is they get seven minutes.
1: Yeah, get
2: <laughs> seven minutes. And, and also there, there is a gold standard in that world. So, so even to take this flip it, and it, I will tell you, it is so welcomed to, for them to be like, oh my gosh, like I, I've never heard of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then to condition them on how to use it properly is just clutch. So yes, yeah, so we have, we take a very different approach to how I we take care it. of it during the practice. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think so when I have one-on-one clients, which there's one Leah, <laughs> There's not that many people. Mm -hmm. Um, I do. I have an app where they can, you know, message me, you know, throughout the week. And I've had so many people like the same thing. They're like, that's the game changer because like, let's say your call is in two weeks or your call is once a week, but Mm it's in this moment that they're panicking and they're having an issue or they're having a reaction to a supplement, or maybe they're having a Herx from like a die-off and that's when they need help to not quit. Right. And if you're only seeing your doctor once a month, like, you know, what, what's going to make you go back to that appointment? If you had a bad reaction three weeks ago, you're just like, well, screw this. It's not working.
2: Totally. Or the person that has done the do it yourself program. Right. And they're like, I'll just go, I got the recipe card. I'm going to follow it. And the second they're throwing a curveball, they abandon ship.
0: Yep. Cause they don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that's uh- such a disservice. I've been asked so many times to make like a, like a course that's just passive that you can just follow. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you'll see results.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I think I said this on a podcast last week. I had a call with one of my colleagues a couple of weeks ago and he's like, all right, dude, here's what we do everybody does a four month program and everybody gets the exact same supplements. And it's like $7,500. And I sat there with this look on my face, like, and what I wanted to say, and I'll probably say it next time. I talk to him is shame on you. Shame on you. Like, are you serious? I mean, you're taking advantage of people that are hurt and not feeling well, and they don't even know what their options are. Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be, I mean, this term called biochemical individuality has to be appreciated everyone has a different journey everyone has different emotional and mental components that are tossed into the into the stew as well mm-hmm. so um and what so what it did for me Leah and having that conversation was it completely validated the fact that we're doing it right yeah not the easy way but it's the right way my dad taught us boys growing up like boys you do the right thing and you do it right mm-hmm. and that was that was my takeaway from that chat with my colleague.
0: I just love that. Uh, so, okay. Let's say someone comes in and they have an autoimmune disease that they've had for a really long time. Can you kind of walk me through, like where are some places you start looking that maybe are not common? People aren't like, oh, that's where you start with an autoimmune disease.
2: Totally. I think let's, let's even back the truck up a little bit further and let's talk about the traditional mindset around autoimmunity so western medicine and there's over 100 different autoimmune diseases their philosophy of an autoimmune disease is that the immune system has literally gone rogue yeah and if and so for example if it's ms it's attacking your brain if it's if it's rheumatoid it's attacking your joints if it's Hashis or graves it's attacking your thyroid etc cetera, etc cetera. so then their approach many times like for example there's this family of drugs for people with rheumatoid called DMARDs. And they are essentially immunosuppressive therapy. So what they're saying is your immune system has gone rogue. We need to like reel it back in here and tell it to simmer down. And so then, and by the way, these DMARG drugs are somewhere between eight and 20,000 bucks a month with about a 30% success rate. So if you don't have healthy, it's like, are you going to fork that out with with that component? But they're immunosuppressive. And that's the point here, immunosuppressive. So when I had my first autoimmune patient, which was actually my wife's grandma, um, I wouldn't say she was a patient, she was an acquaintance. So she had um, Crohn's disease and MS, so gut brain, uh, which now we know there's a huge gut brain connection. And yeah. she treated at the, the Mecca of all hospitals at Rochester at Mayo, and she was on immunosuppressive therapy. And this girl's quality of life was horrible all I can say. And she was the sweetest woman in the world. Actually, our baby isn't is partially named after grandma Narita. And that got me curious because I was at that time I was I was going to pursue a PhD in neurology because I was so intrigued by the brain and neurology and how it worked. And I remember getting that explanation of the immune system going rogue and I was like, wait, wait, wait. There's 75 trillion cells in your body. And every second there's a million bits of information being processed do you understand what actually has to happen for it to go rogue? Mm -hmm. So then, okay. So, okay. Then, so if it's not that, then what is it? So that goes back to the philosophy. I truly believe the body responds appropriately to the environment.
0: Yeah.
2: So if that's the case, then, well, what's going on in the environments and that got me looking at labs and I don't know what my exact number is yet, Leah. I bet I'm close to a hundred thousand sets of labs. I'm a lab geek. I love the numbers. I love the data. And I will actually, and this is no diss to the people that do this, but actually I grew up in like the functional muscle testing world mm-hmm. and and I've really, i nothing against them. But what I've, what I found is I found that how interesting was it that we, you always found something that was going on and you always seem to have the vitamin on your shelf that they needed. And that <laughs> I, I was kind of like time out here. Nah, I love when I get labs back and I'm like, huh, I'd never guessed that.
0: Yeah that's
2: that's why we do labs Mm -hmm. so so what i so understanding that the body responds appropriately the question is what is it responding to and you know so let me just talk about immunology i'll keep it as simple as i can for your listeners so 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 your immune system is amazing by the way and it has these all these checks and balances and it can detect if things are off and um like even, even for your your people that that listen that you work with, like if you have an underlying infection like, and you're tracking your cycles, it's completely gonna throw off your, your temperatures because your body's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I've got an infection, right? Yeah. Uh, that's why we have a fever many times when we have an infection, because our body's trying to create an inopportune environment in our body yes. to kill this thing off. So immunology 101. So your immune system detects a bacteria, for example. And in functional medicine, we use very different ranges, just like you do with your clients. So take white blood cells, for example. I like white blood cells between five and eight, roughly. So if you're hanging out between five and eight and you've detected a bacterial infection, I think now it's talk in terms of war, like you deploy the troops. So your white blood cells will be high, like 10, 11, 12, 13, and they're off to kill the, kill the bad guys. And then once they kill the bad guys, which they're really good at, then we have to use our drainage pathways. And drainage, you know, we talked about this on, yes. on on the other podcast as well. Things have to get out. Like you have to get rid of things. So this is your gut, your liver. And I'm a huge liver fan. We talked about liver on your podcast too. Your liver depends upon the, the status of your gut because your liver does not have its own exit point. So your <laughs> liver dumps into your gut in two spots, your lymphatic system of which 80% lies within your liver and gallbladder or your liver gut area. Um, You have a lymphatic system, which is your brain's lymphatic system. You've got your respiratory system and even your sweat glands. So that's how, once you've killed the bad guy, your body uses the drainage pathways, gets it out, and then your body comes back to five and eight and says, who's next? So that's immunology 101. There you go. There'll be a quiz at the end of 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 the podcast today.
0: We're going to take a quick moment for today's sponsor seed cycling is such an easy hack to support the rise and fall of your hormones and let me tell you why they are rich in zinc selenium magnesium vitamin e soluble fiber omega-3 and lignans these are all necessary nutrients that your hormones need to function optimally. Now, obviously, please don't eat these seeds if you're allergic to them. But if you aren't allergic to them, seed cycling can be such an easy hack and part of your puzzle piece to add to your life to help support your hormone balance journey. You want to give it a minimum of three cycles in order to see a difference. Because remember, you have that 90-day follicle journey. So from the start of that follicle to when it releases the egg, is 90 days. So what you're doing right now is going to directly impact your period three months from now right or three cycles from now so you do want to stay consistent but i bet if you add this in to all the other amazing things that you're already doing you are going to really really love it so remember seed cycling is one tablespoon of pumpkin and flax seeds from your period to ovulation every single day whole organic seeds and then grind them before eating them so you don't want them to go Rancid. and then from ovulation to period you're going to do 1 tablespoon of sesame and 1 tablespoon of sunflower every single day. Remember, buy whole organic and then grind before eating. If you have no cycle, cycle with the moon, you guys. So, the new moon, start your pumpkin and flax seeds, and then the full moon, start your sesame and sunflower seeds. Now, you guys, I use Funkit Wellness seed cycling subscription because I don't run out of my seeds, and they also taste better than the ones at the store. So, Funkit Wellness uses B Corp organic certified seeds and they are ground right before they send them to you and they're in um, dark colored bags so light doesn't get through so they won't go rancid because ground seeds can go rancid pretty fast so that's why you don't want to buy them ground at the store. They're ground right before they're sent to you so you don't have to worry about them going rancid. They taste amazing and you guys not having to grind your seeds every single day has been the most life-changing thing for me being consistent with my seed cycling. So go to Wellness. You guys do the subscription you can cancel if you don't want to stick with it but like do the subscription because you get free shipping who doesn't want free shipping and you'll get a discount and then use the code leah15 you get an extra discount making seed cycling extremely affordable
2: immunology 201 is you're hanging out at five and eight and your body detects infections and typically they never there's never just one Mm-hmm. There's typically, there's a potentially a viral load, a parasitic load, a mycotoxin load, uh, environmental toxin yes. loads. What happens is, and these things are good and they can fight back mm-hmm. so now we're in a firefight. We're in a battle. And if we're not able to do the job that we need to, we can quote unquote, lose our soldiers. Mm-hmm. So by the time people find me, and I'll tell you the typical conversation I have with patients is all, they'll say something like this doc, you're my last chance.
1: Yep.
2: I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if you can't figure this out. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's no pressure there. So what happens is if if your body is unable, if your immune system is unable to do its job and we start to lose those white blood cells, what happens many times now we almost think of like in terms of war, we think of this thing like friendly fire. So there's a mm-hmm. battle going on. And, and for whatever reason, you know, if it's, if it's Hashimoto's, your thyroid got identified as the bad guy. So you're starting to throw bullets at the, at the thyroid. Yeah. But if we take that premise that there's this underlying, you know, infection or toxicity, imagine what happens to that, to your body's ability to fight these infections and toxins. If you're given immunosuppressive therapy, it's like saying there's a war in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to pull the army. Yeah. What? Like that means the enemy is going to overtake. Yep. And and so what what we do with these things is number one we do the right testing to figure out what are we up against.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And number two, and I think I think you have a very similar approach to this. We can't be up against a timeline. Yeah. We can't say like you're going to get good in ninety days. I mean, what the labs really tell me, especially from an infection, from a liver, from a gut standpoint it gives us an idea of these are the mountain passes that we get to cross on our journey together. But what the labs don't tell me is when we get to like viruses, for example, or liver health, we have no idea how your body's going to respond. We have no idea how, how you are going to do through this journey. And, and so that's, so our, our approach is very different. There's no like, Hey, here's this pill or, or here's this program or recipe card best Mm -hmm. of luck. And then I, I actually asked a patient this last week. I said to her, we we got her labs back. And then I I just, Frank said to her, what percent um, of how you're feeling? So she had fatigue and all these other symptoms. I said, what percent of what you have going on do you think is clinically driven? Mm -hmm. And what percent of these things do you think are emotionally driven? Yep. And she said to me, 50-50.
1: Yeah.
2: It was like, I can't agree with you anymore. I mean, that is, I think you're right on. So I think also if people are listening to this, what I, what I don't want you to take is, Oh, Dr. Greg has the magic pill, or all I got to do is, you know, get rid of mold or kill, kill Lyme.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, You need to be willing to do the dirty work because I tell most people on the, on this journey, remember we talked about those mountain passes. When you get to a place where you feel like you're up against something Mm-hmm. It's almost always an emotional breakthrough, an emotional barrier that you get to walk through. And every single one of our clinicians in our practice are certified health coaches, and they all have special training in how to walk people through identifying mental barriers, working through mental barriers. Now we're not mental health therapists, and mm-hmm. we do at many times refer people to get um,
1: yeah. higher
2: level health. But I think what happens is, is I think I tell people like our secret sauce is our here philosophy, you think about like train tracks, rail number one is very clinical, eat this, don't eat that, take this supplement, you know, do a, do a cold shower, do a coffee enema, mm-hmm. do, do an analyzer. And then the other part is, you know, if you are our patients, I would say part of our job is to make sure that Leah doesn't get in Leah's way of getting well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I tell people, but I tell some people, I said, this is really where the magic happens. The magic happens in those emotional mental conversations.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And because you see this, people get caught in a rut. And they're like, yeah, maybe this is just as good as it gets. So we, we, we allow them to dream again, right. To, to vision again. Like what, who do I want to be? You know, you heard me talk about the epic family reunions. Like who would, do you want to show up to that family reunion as what, what is that? What energy that person has, what does she look like? How is she interacting Mm -hmm. all of those things is part of that journey?
0: Yeah. I think that peeling back the onion is sometimes the part that really gets people because, when I work with women, I always tell them my promise is not that like I'm going to make you feel better in a certain amount of time. My promise is to give you tools. My promise is to educate you so that you start to understand your body because It's so hard when you like start feeling better, right? And then we rerun labs and we go, oh, look what we uncovered like the second round. And they're like, are you kidding me? I just spent all this time getting rid of whatever. I'm like, yeah, well, now it uncovered the next level because you've been sick for so long. I think sometimes you hold on to the identity of being sick. So it's really hard to even imagine what it's like to be healthy. But then we are sold in you know TV, commercials, everywhere that there's the pill for your symptom, right? You know, we're never taught that like it's it's an unending journey. And so if you don't feel better in 30 days, 60 days, it can be, it can be really hard. And so I love that you have the mental health support because I I mean I can pretty much guarantee you that is why most people quit.
2: No doubt about it. Right. They come up against something hard and and this world has said this has taught us, right? If it gets tough, just bail. And there's a book that I love and i read a lot. So there's a book and I talk to this with a lot of my patients. Ryan holiday wrote a book called the obstacle is the way. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there's a fable where there's this huge stone in the middle of a path and people are all frustrated because they have to walk around the stone and it takes them longer. And finally someone comes to the stone and says, why don't we just move the stone? Now that takes work. It's a pain in the ass. And you have to do all this like this is huge stone. And then as the fable goes, once they move the stone, there's a treasure that's Mm -hmm. under the stone. So to recondition someone to say, all right, by the way, I just, I know that your MO, your mode of operation, when you, when things get tough, you bail. Mm -hmm. We're aware of that. And we're going to call your, you know, what to the table when we get there. And we're we're also going to give you some tools along the way. And what is the obstacle? And what if the obstacle is not the obstacle, but what if it is truly a huge step
1: Mm to
2: your journey? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I I get coached and I have a conversation um, to become a better person myself. And an example is in my journal, which is sitting right here, I have a letter to the seven-year-old version of myself because that little boy experienced some things that seven-year-old boys shouldn't experience. And I needed to go back as a, 40 something year old grown man and and heal that little guy and one of my mentors says you heal the boy and the man appears or heal the girl and the woman appears and i think to be gentle and to understand that journey and to to have some guidance through that journey we're not taught that stuff i mean i was raised in a house where like you don't do emotions like you suck it up buttercup and you move on next thing and i think it's time for us to like acknowledge the whole thing and mm-hmm. not just be like, oh, just take these vitamins and you'll be good because it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. We must have the same coach. Cause that was my exercise this week too. Just kind of weird. <laughs> um, but something that I think is very interesting is that like the subconscious part of our healing that we don't realize. So something I've talked about with my clients when we first started, I'm like, okay, you have to identify, like, how do you react when things get tough? Do you shut down? Do you fight? Do you get like aggressive? Do you, you know, like, what do you do? Do you disappear? Am I never going to hear from you again? Like, what do you do? Um, And I think it's the last thing they really expect. You know, they want me to be like, Hey, here's your protocol, eat this food, take these supplements. And I'm over here, like, maybe we should get an acupressure mat and go walking your bare feet outside. So what are some things that you start, um, having them incorporate that you're, when your patients come in, they're very shocked. They're like, okay, that's not what I was expecting. Right.
2: Right. I call them gods and grandma's tools, the things that are free and they straight up work and they have for millennia. Yeah. Um, so number one is most people don't even know how to breathe. Yeah. I mean, you're like, yeah, I, I'm staying alive. Yeah. You're breathing up through your shoulders. You're, you're getting your traps all tensioned. So just even teaching someone how to do a box breath,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: costs nothing to learn how to, how to, how to activate their diaphragm, how to slow down, how to pause and just look around. I also, when people start with us, I have them take an inventory. Like, I want to know like a true current state of the union. How is your, like, and just for like, from a body standpoint, how's your respiratory system? How's your cardiovascular system? How's your libido? How are your emotions? How's your poop? How are your joints? All those things, but yeah. also how are your finances? How are your relationships? How's your self-talk? How are your friendships? Like, let's legit say, where are we? And then one of my business mentors, his name's uh, Dan Sullivan. He wrote a book called the gap in the game. And in the book, he talks so much about the importance of us having the ability to look around and, and acknowledge how far we've come, even if it's not as far as we think we should be
1: gain yeah.
2: so is the ability to look backwards and go, I'll be damned. I'm, I'm not where I was
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, the gap is looking to where you think you should be. And, and if you keep doing that, you're going to be, you know, it's just, it's so defeating to your soul.
1: Yeah.
2: So number one, we, we really educate people how to look backwards um, and how to understand where things are at. We learn how to breathe. Um, I am a, you know, you got to drink water, like yeah. let's, let's get you hydrated. Let's get you moving. Let's just get you writing down what you're grateful for, like mm-hmm. write down three things in the morning, what you're grateful for. There's amazing research on yeah. that. Actually, I, I have an app, uh, Dan Sullivan, who I talked about, uh, has an app called Windstreak. And so at seven o'clock every night, I'm, I am, there's an app on my phone and it's free, by the way, for the listeners, go download it. And it says, what were today's wins? What it forces me to do is go today, today. Okay. What happened today? My gosh. Yeah. And then it asks you to forecast tomorrow's wins. And Mm -hmm. what he said, and what's been found in, in research is, is if you have the audacity to forecast, like your body is Preempted. You've you've told your body like this would make tomorrow epic. And just a little thing that literally takes me a minute each night and it's free. Um, so that's super important. Um, I have a whole list of things like I I I enjoy cold therapy, but not everyone does that. But you got to start and really the conversation that I that I tell everyone is 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 the juice worth the squeeze? Right. So for example, some people are like, oh my gosh, those breath holds, you had me try those, and oh my gosh, game changer. And mm-hmm. so like, Hey, I tried those and didn't really work. No problem. That's okay. Because you talked about empowering people and giving people tools. Mm-hmm. And ultimately when people journey with us, we want them to literally, I tell them when they start like here, here's a fishing rod and here's a couple of fish eat off those fish for a while, but we're going to teach you how to fish Yeah, and teach you how to, how to, how to eat, how to shop, how to be grateful, how to cultivate what your future self would look like. So I love the low hanging things. And I tell people, here's the scoop. Like, don't even take any supplements if you're not willing to do the free stuff. Because because if you're not willing to do that stuff, then why would we go all the way over here? And then also, I also tell people like, you gotta be willing to do the emotional hard work. Mm. Like you can't skip over that one. And And the reason why you're here after seeing five other functional medicine doctors is because they didn't miss a supplement they didn't run the wrong lab. They didn't look at you as an entire person and do the yeah. dirt with you. And, in respectfully, most clinics don't have the team that I have that can have the the truly intimate conversations with their clients. I mean, here's an example: We had a woman that that um, was not in a very good relationship, and it took her to have to have her coach, her clinician in my clinic, um, have her come into our clinic and. Print out her divorce papers and sign them in front of us.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: She couldn't bring herself to it. And, and, and I'm not for divorce. I'm not saying that she was in a physically abusive relationship. There's no place for those, but that's an example of like, we care and we Mm -hmm. truly want people to do what they, and a lot of people know what they're supposed to do, but they just need someone to, and that's where the accountability part comes into it as well. So there's a long answer to a short question.
0: No, I get that. Some people just need somebody to believe in them.
2: Oh my gosh. So true.
0: Well, this is awesome. So how can people find you? Obviously you're on TikTok, but give us all the ways that people can find you, work with you, learn from you, all the good stuff.
2: I love that. So uh, TikTok and Instagram, it's at drgreghealth. And then uh, we have an amazing clinic. I have an awesome team out here in Minnesota. We treat people literally around the world. Um, Vitae, which in Latin means life. So v v i t a e f m com is our website uh jump on there learn about what we do and and if it's a fit we'd love to hear more from you if not just follow us on social and just let us love all over you and give you some tools
0: yeah i'll make sure all of that is linked in the show notes as well thank you so much for hopping on
2: yeah good stuff thanks leah